Please be seated. Um, might need to um, be helping one another. I'm going to be referring um, to a few passages in the Bible. It's not going to go on the screen. It's under the end of the rows, um, and the first thing's going to be really easy to find. It's right at the beginning of the book of Genesis. So um, if you want to follow how I'm going to do the talk, and it's not just to preach, it's also, that's the first bit, but there's going to be uh, some casting vision as well. So what we're doing is bringing together what we might have normally done um, on a Sunday and on a Monday and a Tuesday, and it's all. So just managing expectations. And at the end, there'll be a film put together by some of my colleagues. Um, but just as, um, this is a little bit easier to stand up and speak now. At the last service, I had to stand up and speak after I'd done an interview with Natasha. And it like, was one of the most humbling things to be able to do, to dare to cast vision into a church in Claygate when so many other things are going on in the world. Let's pray. Lord, you are our hope. You are our living hope. Lord, this morning we count and remember and give thanks for our many blessings. And Lord, we humbly ask not only would you bless us, but would you use us to be a blessing to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, part of a series, vision really, it's loosely vision. Uh, beginning of September, we thought about being chosen. That's a good place to start. Last week, um, it was um, well done, good and faith and so on. I'll say a little bit about that in a second. Uh, and today, casting vision, I'm going to be looking at Genesis 12. Um, but before I do, um, little straw poll, you don't have to give signs or anything like that. But if I was to bless you, or want to bless you in God's name, how many of you would want to push that away? In society, if they could become aware of a God that wanted to bless them, I imagine that a few would be very, very interested. I think there's a flip side to the blessing that can sometimes be costly. But most people would say, like me, bring it on. Blessings are a way that we transmit God's favour to others through prayers and our actions. Um, I would like to bless you in Jesus' name, that God will empower you, that he'll protect you, he'll provide for you, he will provide your needs, he will guide you, and he will give you a peace that passes all understanding. Last week, I suggested that God delights when we're faithful. Matthew 25, I don't normally do this, but could you, if you haven't, you've got access to it, could you listen to what was said last week and also um, to the film as well that was done at the start. And I might take a little bit longer today. If you need to go at any point, feel free to do so. But what I've got to say... I hope that you'll find it engaging and listen. Matthew 25. Well done, 
good and faithful servants. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We're called to serve God and to bless others from a place of rest. Resting in his presence. A place of knowing his delight. A place of experiencing his transforming love. So we're going to look in our Bibles. We're going to start at the beginning in Genesis. The book of Genesis begins with the stories of creation. Creation, a sign of God's abundant blessing. And it was good. It was very, very good. In Genesis 1.22, God blesses the animals, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. God blessed the Sabbath. Hard for us to embrace this. The purpose was to rest in him. He made it holy, Genesis 2, verse 2. Human beings were greatly best, Genesis 1, verses 26 to 28. Made to be the pinnacles of his created order. On a good day, that's very good. On a bad day, we've got plenty room for improvement. We were supposed to be in a close relationship with God. This plan was scuppered when the first people chose to rebel, resulting in human beings living under a curse of self-inflicted exile caused by sin. We Christians believe that in Jesus we find forgiveness for that sin, reconciliation with God. Jesus' death and resurrection gives us a living hope. We live in a world that's far from perfect, but in partnership with God, we're called to extend his kingdom as we await Christ's return. When our prayers are answered, and we've prayed this one rather a lot, God's kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as in heaven. We look forward in hope to the promises found in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. In the midst of life's struggles, and there's plenty, we need to remind ourselves of the hope found in the book of Revelation. It's a vision of the future, restoration, resurrection, eternal life. Chapter 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the promise that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there'll be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. God promises to make everything new. God is good. He's had the first word, and he will have the last word, and what he speaks will come into being. A key moment in God's salvation history in the journey from Genesis to the book of Revelation is the calling of Abram in chapter 
12, Genesis 12. And we're going to turn to that now in a few moments. I'm going to refer to it. Instead of doing the reading, I'll give you a little bit and then I'll say a little bit. Uh, It's here that God initiates the start of a rescue plan to bring blessing to all nations. Galatians 5 verse 3, no, chapter 3 verse 5 to 7 puts it like this, all about faith. Abraham believed God. God counted him as righteous because of his faith. We Christians become children of Abraham when we put our faith in Jesus, when we become children of God. Today we focus on a very unlikely old man and his childless wife who became the father of faith, the father of the nations. Here's where the Bible reading starts. Genesis 12, verse 1, little bit. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Abram's relationship with God is going to be challenging. Sound familiar? For Abram to fulfill his potential, he was going to lean to learn to trust God wholeheartedly, come what may. Sometimes, like Abram, we're called to move on from people and places of familiarity. I think the learning here is that we can have unhealthy dependencies on people and place. So this was a lesson in trust more than moving around. Because sometimes we're called to settle and pitch our tents metaphorically, plant, build, create community and multiply. Whether we're called to go or to stay, we need to put our faith and trust in God and in his ability to guide and provide for us. Discipleship, this is a little bit unpalatable, but following God's leading is always costly. In a sense, it's learning to live life saying, God, we'd like to do it your way, please help, rather than our way. Trusting in him will be a blessing and can bring immeasurable blessing to others. A prayer. I'm going to use Romans 15, 13. It's going to be in all the letters that go out as well. But hear this blessing. Receive it from the Lord. May the Lord God, or the God of hope, fill you with joy and peace. It's conditional as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Abram, a man of faith, was invited on a journey. He had no clear idea of what the destination was going to look like. But he left with the promise, back to the Bibles, chapter 12, verse 2, I'll make you a great nation. Seemed impossible. A hopeless, empty promise. He had no children and no logical possibility of having them. I read on. And I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. We know now that this was not an empty, hopeless promise. Abraham became 
head of the faith family line, if you like, which we too are part of. He's lasted longer than any royal or political dynasty. And because of Jesus and our, um, I suppose, relationship with him, it's now eternal. Reading on verse 3, I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I'll curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The blessings Abram received were not for his sake, nice as that is, or for his family's sake, as wonderful as that might be. The blessings were for the sake of the whole world. This hope-filled biblical promise looks forward to a time when Gentiles could be included in God's family. Galatians 3, you don't have to turn to it, verses 8 and 9. All nations will be blessed through you, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessings Abraham received because of his faith. Back to our Bible passage, Genesis 12, verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possession they'd been accumulated and the people they'd acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh in Shechem, At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. That posed maybe a slight problem. Abram was obedient to God's call. He was faith-filled and faithful. I imagine the Canaanites, if they'd uh, sniffed the plan, (laughs) would have been less, well, they were less than accommodating and less than friendly. Imagine someone coming in, and we can have big debates about this, but God preordained this one. He doesn't always preordain land grabs. But um, they wanted to, they'll have wanted to resist this with every fibre of their being. What's the prevailing culture that we're placed within? Our communities. Do they need to be fearful of us or welcoming of us and the gospel? I happen to think there's quite a lot of goodwill in our community. I think it's really helpful for us to have a mindset that we want to bring blessing and hope to our community whether people are indifferent or even hostile to Jesus in the gospel. It will affect how we do mission. And good news for us is there's a lot of people of welcome and cooperation and peace that God's already placed in our community. We've identified some and we pray to the Lord that he'll show us some others. Back to Genesis 12, verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I'll give this land. Remember, old man, hopeless uh, idea. Then moving on to Genesis chapter 15, 
The Lord took Abram outside and said, verse 5, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. You need to be good at maths. Then he said to him, so will your offspring be. Verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. And then just finally in Genesis chapter 17, we read that God and Abraham would have a special covenant relationship which could never be broken and it was based on faith but marked for a temporary period of time with circumcision. Question, how big is your vision? How big is the vision of Holy Trinity Claygate? And this is not about us getting too big for our boots or proud, but it needs to be bigger than we can do in our own strength. Does it have a children's, children's, children perspective? God promised to be with Abraham and to bless him. He blessed him in a few different ways. He blessed him with descendants. That seemed impossible. Genesis 12, 2, I'll make you a great nation. He blessed him with another land. Genesis 12, again, to your offspring, I'll give you this land. But none of this was just for Abram's own benefit. God blessed him to be a blessing. Genesis 12 again, I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. The story of Abram teaches us that God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. The story of Abraham teaches us um, to have and inspires a big vision with an eternal perspective for our children's children's children. The story of Abraham teaches us, sadly, <laughs> that God's timing is not always our timing. Isaac's existence seemed impossible and then it even looked as though it was going to be snatched away but God provided a ram an alternative as individuals as families as a church and society we're living in very challenging times um, am I right in sort of suggesting that there is isn't there like some of you, I've not been rude, but you've been around the block a little bit and this is quite, this is quite challenging, isn't it? Before I continue, I apologise about that. God is good. He's had the first word and he will have the last word. Some lone voices in the scientific community have predicted ecological challenges and climate change for years and years. Few governments or nations or individuals took this seriously enough or acted soon enough. Let's not be too late. No one saw COVID coming or coming again and again and again. 
Although we know from Matthew 24 that there's going to be wars and rumours of wars, no one saw the war in Ukraine coming and continuing. Barbaric acts that people sharing the same mother tongue would do to other people. We heard about this at the earlier service. Few people anticipated the economic knock-on effects of this. Although we've known inflation, most of us have lived through that and currency challenges in the past, the hardships many are facing is quite extreme and maybe more so in poorer countries and have taken many by surprise. Now, this is not in the same league as being bombed and killed and put out of your home and your country, but it's still pretty bad. Part of the script for the 20th and 21st century that we've been seduced into believing is that our standards of living are always going to improve. We're led to believe that with economic prosperity, all will be well. That there will be a pension, I hope there will be, when we retire. But we've been shocked, haven't we, that the Bank of England needed to intervene last week in such a significant way. What is going on? How about the respect for those in authority? It's a little bit out of vogue at the moment and some of this we bring on ourselves. Organisational structures and attitudes in society are changing. People get information from all sorts of different sources, but we struggle to know what's true and what's fake. Political extremism seems to have come back into vogue. Look at Italy, but I could name many other countries. If we listen to the news for any extended period of time, as I'm tempted, sadly, to do so too much, it has the danger of leaving us feeling fearful, helpless and hopeless. Any analysis rarely takes account of God, and I've not heard mention of human selfishness or sin, or our powerlessness to control certain aspects of our destiny, or our need for right relationship with God and with his creation. I've been doing some soul searching. These things feel potentially overwhelming, but they're causing me to press into God. Will you go on that journey with me? I need like Abraham, to trust God more. As a staff team, we have a refrain at the moment and we say it in faith and hope, God has got this. God has got this. That needs to be true. Jesus says in John 16, verse 33, In the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Whether the dollar pound exchange rate is trading at one to one, or one to two, or two to one, 
in Christ, we will be more, of, more than conquerors. God has got this. He is God and is the same yesterday, today and forever. Whether there are wars or rumours of wars or plagues or storms or famine or hardship or sword, in Christ we'll be more than conquerors. God has got this. He is God. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. God is good. He's had the first word and he will have the last word. Today, we humbly bow before the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and we ask for a God-inspired vision that will bring hope and blessing to those of us who are able to use influence. Any vision that I share seems inadequate when compared to the vision that we read about, about Christ's return in Revelation 21. But God's provided for our many visions, our ideas during lockdown, and may he do so again. Hear this, if our visionary ideas are not of God, May they fall to the ground and be buried, never to rise again. Some of our ideas may come into being soon. Other parts of the vision we might have to wait a little while for. As a curate, it was ingrained in me, this is going back quite a few years, by my training incumbent to have a kingdom perspective, a mindset to bless others, and trust that the Lord will provide for what we need to do, his will. We're called to depend on God and cultivate a kingdom perspective. A culture where you and I know that we're blessed in order to be a blessing. Last week I preached on the parable of the talents, the bags of gold in Matthew 25 and said that there is an uncomfortable but reasonable kingdom truth that those who have much, much is expected. I said also, slightly more uncomfortable, but those of you who don't have very much, much is expected too. We carry a fairly heavy yoke at Holy Trinity. God's blessed us in all sorts of ways, but anything we do, we do it together and we do it with God, a God who gives and keeps on giving. It's an ongoing vision of ours to connect, focus and equip those of every age and stage to encounter, celebrate and share God's transforming love. So I'm just going to share a few things now which you'll find in letters and maybe backed up in the videos too. And if you haven't got a letter, I really am sorry about that. That's bad. Um, <laughs> but we can sort it. So firstly, so as we connect as a worshipping community where everyone's known and loved, our priorities for 2023, firstly, is to 
embrace the exciting development that Richard Rugg has been appointed and will soon be licensed as vicar at All Saints Western Green. And with this in mind, and we ain't got the money for this, an important aspect of our Vision 23 is uh, probably securing some ongoing funding for his replacement. So I'll put that one out there. Um, someone, hopefully, who will help us to reinvigorate mission evangelism at Holy Trinity Claygate. And hear this carefully. We feel that we've, we do all right in certain things, but we feel that folks in their 30s and 40s and maybe into their 50s, we've probably got a bit more work to do if we're going to be a continuing church in investing in them. So maybe we'll find someone who can help us with that, but it's the whole of our job to do that, so not just one person. Next, to plan to maximise the missional potential of our church place, uh, space and continue to invest in midweek ministry, which has flourished this year. And uh, you just need to come in the week to witness some of that when you've seen it on the video last week. We are blessed to be a blessing. Secondly, we'll share God's transforming love as we focus on God's mission everywhere. 2023, we long not just to be a church for Holy Trinity to be blessed, but other local parishes too. So we are called to work more closely with churches like All Saints Western Green as we support Richard and that parish. And we're going to continue to look for natural opportunities to bless our local schools. And we're going to continue to work with and support our mission partners near and far, which incidentally also includes seniors, national ministry and hymns we love. And we'll continue to develop the missional use of our buildings and our grounds as we consider creation care together with our social, spiritual and mental well-being needs. There's going to be more of that. Now I'm bombarding you with stuff. I just have to get it out there. Um, the letter will explain more and you can ask questions. This is a big one because we want to explore ways to improve, improve connectivity within the village and develop flexible facilities to ensure that the church has an increasing and positive influence at the heart of our community. We are blessed to be a blessing. And thirdly, we'll share God's transforming love as we equip one another in our ever-changing world for faith-filled, everyday living. So 2023, um, there's going to be a greater focus on mission evangelism. The preaching series is going to be on the names of God. We think that's probably good to have quite a God focus in this next season with all that's changing around us. In January, we go back to Acts of the Apostles and we want to, everyone to serve and be faithful witnesses to God in natural ways in daily life. And we're looking to identify and equip a new generation of leaders. We're blessed to be a blessing. We are richly blessed, but we don't always know where the people or the finances will come from to do the things that we're being called to do. But we must trust God to guide and provide. God has got this. I invite you to commit to another year of faithful service to employ your time, your talents, and yes, also your money in God's service. Now, instead of having a vision evening and a vision morning, we're going to watch a film now where team members will share a very, very small snapshot 
of what we believe God's vision is for us for this next year. Greetings. Some of you know that in 1840 this church was built. It might surprise you to know it was built for convenience. It was too long a walk from the small village of Claygate to Thames Ditton. When it comes to the gospel, maybe convenience isn't top of the agenda. It can be costly and many people in this church have made costly choices over many years to connect with our local uh, community, but also to develop this building to the glory of God and the extension of his kingdom. Our purpose statement tries to sum it up to encounter, celebrate and share God's transforming love. It begins with relationship with God, with prayer and with worship. And it's really dependent on us building loving relationships, not just with the church, but with those in the local community. In terms of our vision going forward, members of the uh, team are going to share their exciting vision for the future. But just three things. I think we're called to use our God-given connections within our local community. I think we're continually called to reimagine and develop our buildings to the glory of God and the extension of his kingdom. And we're greatly blessed as a church uh, and we want to share that blessing to help to revitalise local parishes, maybe uh, in our deanery, possibly in our diocese and sometimes further afield. And more than anything, We'd love you to partner with us in this mission. So we've been talking about being a blessing and we want to be a blessing not just to the community in Claygate, but also to the wider community and area as well. As many of you will already know, later on in the term, my role at Holy Trinity is going to be changing. I'll remain as associate vicar here, but on reduced time, probably about a third time here. I'm going to switch to mainly looking after the evening service and doing some other things too. And the reason for that is I'm going to be taking up a new role as vicar at All Saints Western Green, one of our neighbouring parishes. I'm going to be spending two thirds of my time there, including Sunday mornings. It's an exciting opportunity to be a blessing to another church that's gone through some really tough times over the last three years or so. I'd love for you to join with me in praying for that change ahead so that with God's help, and I hope yours as well, this community can be re-energised and we can revitalise that church, reaching out to more people in the community and letting them know about our awesome God. We truly are blessed to be a blessing. I would love to tell you very briefly about just one area specifically where we've had so much encouragement to share what we have with others near and far. This is Hymns We Love, the gentle evangelistic series we've developed for seniors within Connections, our weekly group for older people. There are 8.8 .8 million seniors aged over 70 in the UK and there are very few, if any, outreach or faith grounding resources targeted specifically for seniors. I am thrilled to tell you that the first series of Hymns We Love is now being published by The Good Book Company and Fruit Media as a book and films too for churches up and down the country, the US and Australasia too. It is so exciting. Filming is happening this month in September and Hymns We Love will be available for churches to use in June next year. I think 2023 is going to be a good year. Thank you so much for praying. How exciting that this has all grown from within Holy Trinity. 
for the last couple of years, for us, the focus has been in ministry for the very young and their families. Trinity Tots and Mums, Bums and Babies have grown over this period. Going forward, we want to consolidate this ministry, grow and equip the teams. Also, we are looking to seek God's guidance and prayer in discerning next steps. We don't just want to gather people. We want to share with them in relevant and appropriate ways God's transforming love. Another area of focus is schools work. We want to support and bless our local schools and connect with primary school children. So to sum it up, going forward, we want to consolidate ministry, grow and equip teams, develop schools work and discern next steps for midweek mission groups. When it comes to the discipleship of young people, The Six has now been running for a whole year and that service forms a core part of what we do to encourage young people in their faith. This year going forward, we're going to be continuing with our awesome vision of deep roots and no barriers and continuing to make the service as accessible to young people and young adults as possible. To complement this teaching, we're going to be having short midweek courses on really topical things that young people need to hear. Also, as well as our usual encounter weekend, which is our mid-year residential, we're taking young people away to a Christian festival this summer. This is the first time we've done this since 2019, so it's super exciting. Parents, you are not forgotten. We would love to do more to support parents and encourage them. So if this is something that you would like to get involved in, I would love to hear from you this term. That was a discipleship, but Dom's gonna tell us a bit more about outreach. Yeah. Well, the well, our after-school youth drop-in, it continues to see so many young people coming through its doors. And actually, those coming to the well, we've seen many integrated into our church family and coming along to YF and PF. We want the well to be shaped by our young people going forward and the needs that they have. So we're setting up a youth advisory committee so we can actively amplify those young voices. Another main aim that we have is to get a sessional worker for the well. This is so key to seeing it grow uh, into the vision that we've always had for the world, to have it open five days a week so we can support young people in all areas of life consistently. We continue to be funded from outside sources to help with so much of our ongoing funds and Emmanuel Hall is now complete. The building works are done, phase two was finished this summer and it's now looking so vibrant and new and well equipped for so many young people to call it a home. Dom and I are so grateful for your support. We would love your prayers this year as we continue to go forward with this vision. Do keep praying for us and supporting us to make Holy Trinity a place where young people can feel at home. I do feel so blessed to be part of an amazing team, of a team with people with vision. What you've heard is just a very, very small part of the vision that God's laid on our hearts. And he's probably laid things on your heart too. In the next season, I just really encourage you to be part of all that God's doing in terms of using your time, your talents, and even your money. We encourage you to invest with us in the things that God's calling us to do. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn his face towards you and give you his peace. three sentences to finish.
how big is your vision? How big should our vision be? Like Abraham, although seemingly impossible because of his circumstances, does it have children's children's children in mind? Does it have that perspective? We are blessed and called to be a blessing.